0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 12 we'll look at a parable there in Luke chapter 12. It'll be in starting in verse 13, I believe. Yeah, verse 13. As you're getting there, uh, spring season for my family ends up being full of a lot of different fun activities throughout spring. Specifically, you know, with my boys, they're playing baseball, right? Spring season is baseball season for them. So I have my 13-year-old Asher who's Playing with uh, FCA's catch, one of their travel ball teams, thirteen U teams. He he actually uh, was out in Jarepa Valley yesterday. I was out there with them yesterday morning. He had a double header, and they won their first two games for their team, which was a big accomplishment. There's a little bit of pent up, uh, you know, frustration that all got released. So, uh, in fact. He, he, you know, Asher's a good athlete, so he helped clear the bases with a triple. I have the video to show it, so you, got, you all get to see it because I'm preaching. So go ahead. You can show the video. Yeah. 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 Good job, Asher. Yeah. Yeah. Go, Enzo, go. Go, buddy. Down, Asher, down. And at about that point, I stopped recording because I wasn't paying attention, but the third baseman threw it over the pitcher's head, so Asher scored on that same play, right? So, yeah, I was proud of him. It was a good, good, solid hit by him. I've learned a few things as a parent. One is I, I always have sunflower seeds, and I realize that I can't yell at people if I have sunflower seeds at a baseball game because you swallow them. You're trying to yell, and you're like, <laughs> then you get a seed stuck in your mouth. So... So, word of advice, right? So, as you're going to different sporting events and you have, you know, you know somebody, because you all know somebody, right, like that. And if you don't, it's you. Um, give them some sunflower seeds. Offer to share with a smile. So, and and then uh, the other thing is I brought cowbells for all the parents. So, I wanted to help create a little bonding. So, You know, so that was a cowbell in the background. Right. So cowbell. So so I have Asher, who's 13. He gets he's playing. And then I have Amos, who's seven, who thinks he's 13. And he's just like a little beast on the little league field. You know, he's literally like he's a beast, a seven year old beast out there. The other, about a week ago, he hit his own little Grand Slam in Little League, you know, hit the ball hard and just rolls, and then kids are chasing it, and he's running around the bases. And Amos is a character, so I think he's rounding third, like heading home, and he knows he's going to score, so he starts doing like the gritty on his way home, you know. So if you don't know what that is, uh, that's a dance that a football player named Justin Jefferson does. I think it looks like Pee Wee Herman's dance, in my opinion. That's my opinion. If you don't know anything about it, don't worry. You know, all these things are like on TikTok now, which I'm not recommending you go to at all. Back in my day, TikTok was when you were outside at school listening to the clock, and you'd do all these things that now are online, right? So in the midst of that, my daughter Arabella turned 10 on March 11th. About a year ago when I was preaching, I got her birthday completely wrong, and so I owed her a cake pop. I think I got half of my family's birthday wrong that time, and she's sitting here looking at me like, that's not right. So I've made amends by getting her a cake pop. I now owe her a tall white hot chocolate from Starbucks because we went on her birthday and they made it as just a normal, white hot, normal hot chocolate twice, so we'll still do that. And even, even beyond that, most importantly, my wife turned 40 the other day, so we, springtime for us is fun, right? 40 years young, right? The best is yet to come. You know, so I like springtime from the perspective of we all do something which we like to call spring cleaning, right? You walk around your house and sometimes you wonder, why do I have this? Uh, The older I get, I realize I have things that are still brand new in boxes and I ask that question and that's a scary thought, right? I also wonder about that when I step on my son's Legos and call down curses from heaven, right? Sometimes we need to go through some things, right? Make room. We need to spring clean. We need to make some room. And uh, the reality is we need to do that in our personal life as well. We need to take an evaluation of our life. If you go to CR or hear about it, you take an inventory of your life as well. You ask some hard questions, right? You ask yourself some hard questions. Sometimes we don't want to ask them because we don't want to answer them. But when you ask them and you answer them, you can let God work on them. And We're going to ask some questions here today as we look at our heart and as we ask God to make room, right? And maybe we clear out some things that aren't supposed to be here. In fact, the parable is all about a question that's asked of Jesus. That's a civil question that he doesn't answer necessarily because he wants to address a more important issue about a heart issue instead. So let's read the passage and then we'll talk about how uh, in this parable we see the consequences or the issues of making room for the wrong things. And we'll talk about how to make room for the right things as well this morning. So here we are in Luke chapter 12, verse 13. It says, Someone called from the crowd, Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, Friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then Jesus told him a story, told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then... Who will get everything you worked for? Yes, Jesus says here, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the day you've given us. God, as, uh, as we're here in your house, God, we want to hear you speak. And I ask that you do it through me. Give us open ears, Lord, and open heart to receive, uh, Lord, what you are, or want to share to us this morning and all of God's people say, Amen. Have you ever asked a question to God or even to someone else only to get an answer you're not looking for? Or to get an answer that dives deeper than what you're expecting? I'm not talking about questions that a moderator is going to ask a politician, you know, where a politician asks about uh, somebody's foreign policy and they tell the answer of when they were on vacation in Mexico eating at a buffet and spin it to talking about the economy. I'm not talking about one of those types of questions. I'm talking about asking a question, but then getting a deeper answer than what you're really expecting. That's kind of, That's really what's happening here when The man asked Jesus a question about dividing property, and Jesus gives him an answer or tells a story about a divided heart. That was even a deeper issue, right? And a divided heart in this case had split priorities because it had made room for the wrong things. Specifically, there's a parable right here that we see where it addresses one one main issue, which we would call coveting, but I'm going to use it to just address issues that might be in there as well, right? I don't want you to think that this issue is, uh, is, this parable is attacking having wealth. It's not. There's never an issue of having wealth, right? It's when wealth has you, which is the issue. So, by all means, Go, you know, be use your gifts and abilities to make as much as you can so you can build the kingdom of God. Right. That's not the issue. Just don't let the kingdom of earth take place, uh, take the place of the kingdom of God. Right. And it's not because of that. It's not a criticism on people who have wealth or means. In fact, it's it's meant for all of us to look at and reflect upon. Because we can all do what this rich fool did. We can allow or make room for the wrong things in our heart, which take the place of the Lord. Amen. So here's what happens and what we see happened with the, in the parable of the rich fool. What can happen when we begin to make room for the wrong things? The first thing that happens is when we make room for the wrong things is we'll despise the very blessings that we desired. In this parable, one of the first things the rich fool asked himself was, what should I do? He's concerned about it, and he says, I don't have room for all my crops. It's such an interesting question because he's creating a dilemma out of something that we would all like to have as an issue in our life, of having too much and not knowing what to do with it, right? But the problem is his focus was on the too much, Versus the blessing that God had given with them and what God would want him to do with the blessing. He was trying to take all that God had had blessed them with. He was trying to control it all. As it's been said, "More money, more problems, right? Some of you, you want that dilemma, right? Lord, there's too much money in my bank account. You know, what should I do? Or there's too much work to do, right? Those can be problems, you know, they can be blessings that turn into problems when it gets our focus off the Lord, right? Whether we have little or much, we can despise God's blessings when we're making room for the wrong things, allowing those blessings to take the place of God who blesses us. We all probably have a mental list of the, if my house caught on fire, what would I grab outside of family thing, right? And the, the reality is, is we can't take everything with us everywhere, our, everywhere we go. And we're not meant to do that. We're meant to, we're, we're meant to enjoy the things that the Lord has blessed us with. And we're supposed to enjoy the, just the Lord, more importantly than that. We need to let the overflow bless others. This parable He's created a problem from the blessing because he was not letting the overflow bless other people. He already had big barns and, and plenty of crops, but he, there's no concern for others in the midst of this parable. It's really an interesting thing. Throughout the Old Testament, God talks about, I want to bless you to be a blessing, right? Or in other In another case, in Psalm 23, which a lot of you have heard this psalm, specifically verse 5, the psalmist writes, My cup overflows with blessings. The overflow was meant to be a blessing to other people as well. You know, so that the blessing, we need to be a conduit of that blessing. But what happens when we make room for the wrong things is that God's blessings can become our complaints. God's blessings can become our complaints. That's because greed, it's been said, is the desire to acquire gone haywire. We focus on that greed side, that selfish side, that coveting side versus thanking God for what he has done. The very blessing of life itself gets blocked because we focus on things instead of the one who has given everything. And if we complain... In our lack, our perceived lack, the reality is we'll complain in our abundance as well, which means that we have not made room for God to do what he wants to do in us. We're focused on, on our own issues, uh, on our own agenda instead. The rich fool had plenty but complained about it. In our house, we have a rule that we tell our kids is no complaining, right? Try to figure it out and fix it, right? And if you can't do it, we'll help, but no complaining, because if you can't do something about it, it's not worth complaining about. I say no complain oh, That's my Spanglish that go, comes through. My wife constantly corrects me about that not being proper. So, But it really is a hard issue when we despise the blessings that, that despise God's blessings that we so desired. It's a hard issue. You might ask, well, why, why would that be? Well, Psalm 37.4 says, take delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. When, our, when we take delight in the Lord, our heart aligns with his. We begin to put our heart in line with his. So those blessings are really his heart, you know, for us. As a good heavenly father, it's, it's things he wants for us. So, and we remember to thank him for blessing us with those. We're not focused on the things we want, right? Sometimes my kids want things, but as a good dad, I don't give them to them because I know it's not the best for them. I know there's things that are better. Our heart is in line with him when we delight ourselves in him. The rich fool flat out lacked contentment. He saw the blessing as a burden, right? Too often I've seen many great men and women of God uh, who pray for something specific from the Lord and get it, and then they lose sight of God because of it. They fade out. They fade out. Right, I've seen him pray for houses. Lord, I, just, I want that house. Lord, help us to have a house. And then all of a sudden that house, which was a blessing, turns, turns into uh, consuming weekends with projects from the devil, right? They're DIY projects from the devil. And that's right. Devil in you. DIY. Devil in you projects. I could go through all the DIY projects I've done. My wife can attest to all of them that I've done. And You know, after I finish them, she'll ask the question, do you think that looks right? Right? (laughs) Of course, you know, I think I just grunt, Huh? you know. Just the other day, I was driving with Asher, and I started laughing because somehow I was reminded of my wife's old uh, Honda Civic that she had, and she at one point wanted tinted windows, so I'm like, I'll do it. You're groaning already. Where's the faith in me? Let's just say it looked like I did it, and uh, that was a great car, but it had a lousy tint job. (laughs) So do we own things or do things own us, right? Another way of uh, of asking the question. There's an old joke that says the best two days of a boat owner's life are the day he buys a boat and the day he sells the boat, right? Don't let things own you, right? When our desire is in things, we end up despising what we're meant to enjoy. A second issue with making room for the wrong things that we see uh, from the rich fool, but we can also see in ourselves or in others as well, is that we're never satisfied. Right? He says this, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. He wasn't satisfied with what he had already had. Just like the Rolling Stones Mick Jagger sings, I can't get no satisfaction because I try and I try and I try. Some of you are ready to sing, right? We need Gary up here on guitar, right? So, it's like trying to live off dessert. It might taste good now, but you'll never be satisfied. Or live off of chocolate-covered coffee beans. Might taste delicious, but you'll stay up till really early hours in the morning. There's a general want for what for more or what's next? there's a lust for anything this is not even pos- possession specific that becomes impossible to control in the heart and it becomes harder and harder to find satisfaction right some of you know what i'm talking about from chemical or dependency issues same thing's true even for for those of us who don't have those issues we can just fill it with something else right cuz we're looking in the wrong place we've made room for the wrong things whether it's you know, a gentleman or, or lady who loves golfing and goes to the golf store and gets the newest clubs every season or earlier than that, hoping that the nicer, better clubs will make them better on the golf course. It won't, uh, never, a good craftsman never blames his tools, right? Yeah. Or whether it's going to a furniture store to replace your couches and a coffee table that soon end up to a whole house remodel because everything ends up looking, not look, being good enough anymore. Others, it's the latest and greatest in technology. That's one of mine. I love technology, right? We could go Napoleon Dynamite right now, but I won't. You have to get the newest, biggest, and baddest product on the market all the time, but we're not content. We have to watch out for being that contentment killer that it is. If only I have that, I'll be happy. It's not true. It's one of the biggest lies that we tell ourselves. Three months later, something else will be along that's even better, that we'll want instead, right? Things don't satisfy. The things of this world can never fully satisfy the desires of our soul. Things of the world can never fully satisfy our soul. To spin it differently, what we prize will prioritize. So what are you prizing in your life? Time to spring clean and make room. What are your priorities? Possessions will never give us Life nor provides the security or satisfaction we're looking for because ultimately death will separate us from it, right? Ultimately death separates us from it. Possessions will end with you. You're separated from it when when your life ends. No matter how much room we make for things, we'll never be satisfied. A third issue that we see, another challenge for making room for the wrong things, is that we just don't enjoy life, right? The, The rich fool said to himself, I'll make room, then I'll sit back. And I'll say to myself, uh, you, you have enough stored away. He already had more than enough, right? He wasn't willing to enjoy where he was at. He just had a banner year, a, crisp, you know, a great crop, a great harvest, and he wasn't going to enjoy it then. W- what, he wasn't going to enjoy it later either. We make f- room for the wrong things when we don't enjoy now. We, enjoy, we think we'll enjoy life when... Friend, we don't live in a when world, we live in now. We have, to, we have to be willing to, we have to enjoy what's going on right now, and what's going on. Enjoy the journey, right? Enjoy the journey. Yo, don't just focus on the destination, enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. The grass might always seem greener on the other side, but it's because they fertilize the lawn, they put a lot of manure on it, and, you know, and a part of that is what ends up creating the beauty, right? So they had to enjoy the journey, right? Enjoy the journey. There's an old saying that says, I asked God to give me all things so I can enjoy life. But God said, I've given you life so you can enjoy all things. Yeah. Right? It's a, it's, a, it's a focus change. When we make room for the wrong things, possessions ultimately get in the way of relationships, all of them. But the most important one is the one with the Lord, right? So we need to clean house do spring cleaning, garage sales, spiritually speaking, right? Check our hearts. See, have I made room for the wrong things in my life? You know, and what, do I need to, what do I need to push aside, let, let go of? And it's okay to do that. It's okay to do that. Anything that gets in the way of God is an idol. That's how the Bible would describe it. And we need to get rid of those idols, right? We see that it's hard to do. You know, Israel, who had the Lord as, as their God, they had a hard time getting rid of idols in their, in their, uh, with them as well. But we need to do that. Get rid of anything that gets in the way of God in your life. How do we make room for the right things? Well, one way is we, we make room with thankfulness, just by being thankful, right? The Lord's our provider. We need to be thankful for his provision. Speaking of Israel, one of the words that I think the Lord said the most to them is remember. Right. As you go through the Old Testament, I think the word remembers in there just constantly. Remember, remember what I did. Remember what I did. And as you remember, there should spring up thankfulness as well, because our God is a God of miracles. We can all talk about the different miracles that the Lord has done. But when we forget them, we're not remembering what the Lord has done. We're not remembering those miracles To say it differently, we need to have an attitude of gratitude. As we have that attitude of gratitude, you know, we also realize that our attitude will determine our altitude or how how, what we can do in life. Right. The rich fool wasn't content. He didn't have an attitude of gratitude. Are we being are we content? Are we willing to have an attitude of gratitude? Psalm 28, verse seven says, Lord, is my strength and my shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me, and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. Right? There's a correlation between trusting God with all our heart and just having thankfulness, bursting out in thanksgiving. Our thankfulness should overflow. Let's not just make room with thankfulness. Let's keep making room with thankfulness. Amen? A second thing, we make room when we... When we're content, when we have contentment in our life. We need to be good with what, what we have and thank the Lord for giving it, right? Paul writes to the church of Philippi. He says, I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. And he talks a bit, little bit about it. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty, right? He knows both sides of it. I know I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And ultimately that secret is in Christ Jesus. That's what he goes on to talk about. When we're content, we kill coveting. When we're content, we kill greed in our life. When we're content, we realize that God has blessed us, we're thankful for his blessings, and we can be used as a conduit of his blessings to others. God wants us, uh, he wants us to be content. He wants that overflow to impact others, amen? The third area is that uh, we make room with joy. Joy is flat out a muscle that we work out, right? Happiness depends on what's happening. Joy is a choice that we make no matter what the situation is and what we face, right? We can choose joy in the midst of challenges because we know that we have a Lord who's going to, he's there with us, right? My son, Asher, I've talked about is 13, and he's starting to get into his body image a little bit, (laughs) not a little bit, a lot. So he's been telling me he wants to work out. Dad, I want to work. Dad, I want you to buy me a gym membership, you know, but you need to get one too so you can show me what to do, right? And so that's what he tells me. So, you know, the other, last night, him and Amos together, like typical boys, had their shirts off and were like flexing, talking about their muscles and you know, and Asher always talks about, he's like, I got a six-pack. Dad, you don't? I'm like, yeah, tell him that's pretty obvious, right? Thanks a lot, Asher. Then he told me, then he said, Dad, you're lucky that mom th- that you found Mom, right? <laughs> I like, said, yes, I am. I'm going to admit that. And I said, I'm still bigger than you. I can make another one like you if I want to, right? So... So, but Asher, so he's been in his body, like into his body image, you know, in the fall, he, you know, I, he's done, started to do this since the fall, but we got, we got a set of like five different weights of dumbbells that, you know, and we, they're in our garage now, but, and I see him on the floor, but occasionally I'll go out to the garage and he's out there just curling them. By the way, we got those dumbbells from a woman who's a neighbor. So I remind him of that when he's not being kind to me, right? <laughs> Those are women's weights, kid. Talk to me when you're doing like nine pounds. No, I'm just kidding. But he's choosing to work out, right? He wants to work out, so, because he wants, he, wants he wants to develop those muscles. We need to develop the muscle of joy in our life, right? That spiritual muscle, it's a powerful muscle right? Doesn't mean everything's going to go as we, as we hope, as we anticipate, as we plan, but we can choose to have joy no matter what, right? When we choose joy, we're making room for God to work in our lives, right? We can have joy in the midst of good times. We can have joy in the midst of pain as well, right? We can, despite those things, you know, we can, joy clears room for God to move, right? Another thing is that when we make room, we're making room so we can be filled with love, Right? So we can be filled with love. Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.5, and he's giving Timothy instructions on how to lead the church. He says this, The purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love. Then he describes it, that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. Right? We need to be filled with love. When we make room, we can be filled with love. And we, not, we don't just need to be filled one time, it's a constant filling, and constant invitation of the Lord to fill us with love. A pure heart is one that's not perfect, but it's one where we let God remove the impurities or, or the issues in our heart, right? Uh, it's removing the impurities. It doesn't mean that we're always going to be perfect, right? The righteous man falls seven times, so it gets back up every single time, Right. Pure heart is somebody who's going to get back up. Let God work out those imperfections, right? Ask him about it. God, what do I need to do? What what needs to, where do I need to make room? We need to have a clear conscience. I'm convinced that our mind is one of the biggest battlegrounds anywhere, at any point, right? In our mind, we're probably on World War 76, right? You know, we've had all sorts of different wars with all sorts of different people or issues in our life, but we need to let the Lord help us have a clear conscience. That means let the Lord help us take every thought captive and submit it to Christ, Right. It means to, we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, as Paul writes in Romans. Right. Those things become powerful so we can we can begin to step into who, what God has called us to do, who he's called us to be. More importantly, we need to have a genuine faith, not a fake faith, not an ultimate burger type of faith. Don't give me an ultimate burger. Right. Give me the real thing. Right. Don't, I don't want an, I can't believe it's not butter type of faith, right? Put butter in it, right? And Lord knows we don't want a cubic zirconia type of faith. Gentlemen, if you're being elbowed, it's not my fault. Don't look at me. Sorry, that was too close to home, huh? No counterfeit type of faith. The genuine faith is when we actually live out. We're living out what the Lord has instructed of us, right? When we're putting it into action, the proper way. Amen. We need to make room. And the reality is, is we need to make room because we want to have in a rich relationship with God. We want to have a rich relationship with God. That's the most important thing in life. Our focus needs to be on that. God must be first, right? God does not want a participation award from us hey, thanks, God. I went to church. Here's my ribbon for the day. I'm going to live how I want to the rest of the week. I'll be back next week. And, you know, sticker on the chart. And it's not what he wants from us, right? He wants a heart that's pursuing him. He wants us to have a rich relationship with him. That's what he wants. And he's longing to give that to us. In fact, it says not too far after in Luke and my mom, Pastor Sherry alluded to it in offering, but when you seek first the kingdom of God above all else, he'll give you everything you need. He'll take care of all those other things as well. But it's because that rich relationship with him trusts our Father, our Heavenly Father to take care of it. That's what the Lord wants. He wants the first place trophy in our life, right? Don't compartmentalize your life and just make enough room for God over here. He wants to own the whole thing. And then, you know what? You'll be surprised. Things will actually be better when you do that in your life. Things will be better because you've created proper order and structure. And you're allowing his ways to supersede your ways. We say God's ways are always better. Amen? In this parable, God asks a question near the end of it to the man. And uh, it's a question that I think really does hit specifically men pretty impactfully it says who will get everything you worked for here this man was who made room for the wrong things and he's asking him this question who's going to get everything you worked for right it's a question we need to ask ourselves because it can remind us that when we've made room for the wrong things when we prioritize everything but having a rich relationship with God all these things we're working for are going to be gone you know, and maybe that family we love so much that we've worked hard, so hard to provide for, but we're not there for them because we're working and we've made room for the wrong things. You know, maybe it's time for us to make a change, right? I feel like this question really is directed at us, right? Is all that we work for worth losing the rich relationship that we want to have in our lives with God, with our family, with our friends? Is it worth it? It's not, but maybe, maybe even as we read this parable, maybe you saw yourself in some way in this rich fool. You've worked, you've worked, you've worked, yet you realize, Lord, I might have wealth, I might have resource here, God, but spiritually I'm poor. If you're honest with yourself and you, you can say that, friend, I want to tell you that, that it's okay to be there. It's okay to be there. It's okay to recognize that as long as you're willing to make room for the Lord now. Right? Jesus says it this way in Matthew 5, verse 3. He says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You might not feel that blessing right now, friend, but if you're willing to acknowledge the Lord Uh, Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you'll begin to step into that blessing. It's time to admit that your relationship with him needs to change. If you can start there, making room for God in your life by acknowledging him as your Lord and Savior, things will begin to change right now. In fact, I want to create a moment right now for some of you in here who need to do that. Maybe you're watching online as well. I want to create a moment for you. So with everybody's head bowed, eyes closed, I wanna ask you that question. Have you made room for the wrong things in your life? Push God out. If you have, today's the day to make room for him in your life again. Today's the day to open up your heart to him. Say, God, clear that stuff out. I want you in my life. If you are not walking with the Lord, If you haven't made room for him, but you want to do it today, I want to ask you right now. I want to invite you right now to make that decision. So everybody's head is bowed. Everybody's eyes are closed. If that's you, go ahead and raise your hand. And I want to see your hand and just confirm that you want to make room. Friend, I see your hand. It was up quickly. The, The Lord sees it. Yep, I see your hand there as well. I see your hand over there. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. If you're online and you're making a decision, we're stand with you. I see your hand in I see your hand in the back as well. Lord, I stand with my friends who are making the decision to make room for you in, in their life, God. In fact, the reality is, is that it's said we all have a God-shaped hole in our heart that only you can fill. So Lord, help clear out the things that have taken that place. Lord, and as you clear out those things, Father, we thank you that, that your, your, your gift of grace and salvation is gonna hit them right now. Lord, there's gonna be a transformation that takes place in my friend's life. Lord, as they pursue you, Father, Lord, those things that used to take room in their life, God, Lord, you're gonna, you're gonna move them out, but they're gonna have so much joy in you. Lord, they're going to have so much joy in just the other areas of their life that they didn't—they didn't think they could have that much joy. in, but it's going to come from you because their life priorities, their their life, is going to be in order by putting you first. Father, we thank you for that gift of salvation in your Son's name. We pray, Amen, Amen. Hey, we're uh, we're going to actually—you could clap for the Lord, not for me. We're gonna create a space here for uh, just the Lord to speak to all of us. We're gonna sing a song called "Make Room." It's a it's a beautiful song, but it really is a it's a prayer. You know, as we sing it, it should be a prayer of your heart. Uh, and I want to invite us as we sing it, make it a prayer, right? For those of you who made a decision for the Lord, when we close, come on up and let us pray with you as well. But as uh, as we sing together, let this be a prayer. Let the Lord speak to you, and however He's speaking to you you know, just let let him speak, but be willing to respond. Amen. I want to invite you to stand up and join our team and let's worship the Lord. Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause or for further resources, visit our website, thecause.cc or call 714-255-0930.